Kevin Milne is with us. Kia ora, Kevin. Hello, Jack. And that point that you made right at the end of your piece about kids coming home from overseas, I mean, it breaks my heart because I've got two boys over in London. Yeah. And I was hoping in the end what would get them back here is that they just wouldn't be able to afford to live over there. Well, they can't afford to live over there, but they even more can't afford <laughs> to live over here. It's just desperate, isn't it? I mean, it's it's oh. uh, you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh because it is you know it is it is tragic, and I just yeah, I just personally I find that there's this real um, you know I find I, there's a real irony that that those who are lamenting the brain drain and saying oh we need to do more to stop these people from going overseas are the same people who you know if you say okay we're going to build three three story houses so that we can actually have some affordable housing in our cities are the yeah. same people who kick up a stink and. You know, yeah. and and their house has gone up three hundred grand in a year, and you know, they they don't yeah. want to have any tax and all that sort of stuff. I just you know, I find that there's an irony in there somewhere, Kevin, and probably lose me a few supporters, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So, what do you reckon it would take to get your sons home? Uh, well, I think they'll just, they would just come home. Uh, I mean, as you you made the point, I I paid for their airfares to go over there, return airfares yeah. to all our kids. I don't want them to think that the world begins and ends in Carpety. No. You know? No. As, as much as I love it. But I expected them all to come home after a couple of years. Yeah. Or four years or five years. But two of them have got appeared have no intention of coming home at all. Yeah. And I thought, well, at the end, what will force them? I said, we've got a much better deal over here. It's much easier to live. Yeah. It ain't anymore. And I find that really annoying and angry. Yeah. And, and sort of... From a political point of view, I'm very disappointed that the government, particularly a Labour government, has allowed this to happen. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, they they were elected on promises to, you know, improve the housing crisis, and I know that these, you know, that changes in that space take a long time, but. Um, the inflation in house prices over the last couple of years has set records all over the show. So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you're not the only one with those feelings. But, Kevin, yeah. you feel this morning that there is – and you you feel a new empathy for, for people who have a cautious attitude to COVID-19. Yeah, I sense that in the last week or so, more support from the media for those who feel that the relaxation, uh, relaxation of COVID regulations are not in their interests. These would include those caring for medically fragile family members. There yeah. are the elderly, of course, not, not at all certain they'd survive in a battle with COVID, and that would include myself. And there's the more cautious sector of the community who feel that, that weariness over the two years of regulations isn't a reason for getting rid of the regulations. I wouldn't blame these groups for feeling their views haven't been getting the headlines that big business gets. Mm. With media contacts and PR budgets, vested interests like tourism, hospitality, horticulture, retail. Yeah. And, and, and Jack, I know that we, these groups have been hard hit because every day there have been headlines telling us exactly that. Yeah. There have been stories measuring their financial losses, problems finding workers, and calls for a return to normal as fast as possible. Now, I'm not saying these stories aren't legitimate. But I think an imbalance has been corrected. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's 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 interesting because, you know, certainly, you know, businesses have gone through a hellish couple of years, and yeah. and I'm not saying it's been perfect, but they've received the best part of twenty billion dollars in support, which I, you know, I I I support that personally. I think they should have been. Yeah. 
supported, but perhaps some other voices have not been elevated to the same extent. No, so we've seen far fewer stories about the heartbreak that the COVID pandemic brings yeah. to hundreds of New Zealand families every week. I can't recall reading one story telling us about the lives of those people who've died. 13 yesterday. Yeah. Who were they? How did it happen? How's the families coping? Have I, have I just missed those stories, Jack? Yeah, I mean, it's a the, the problem with the recording of the COVID deaths, I, I just will play devil's advocate here, is that often it's they're recorded as people who have died with COVID, not necessarily of COVID. But you're right, yeah. every 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 person is is more than a number, every person is more than a statistic. Every time we hear those numbers and we brush them off and get on with our day, we are forgetting the families that have been affected and left behind. Yeah, and I suspect most of those bereaved families would have no idea how to get their story told. Mm. They don't have comms people, the PR firms. There's no national associations representing their interests. Mm. This point's been satirically raised by one writer who's jokingly suggested there ought to be a national association of people who just don't want to get COVID. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that could bring a greater degree of balance amidst all the national associations of vested interests, mm. which lobbied for a relaxation of the rules. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's an interesting sort of point, isn't it? Can, can your views ever be heard if you don't have a national association yeah. on, on your behalf? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And and it's kind of incumbent on those of us who are in the media and who are reporters and journalists to, to try and find those voices and, and yeah. elevate those voices, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, I, I, and I think sometimes we do a better job than other times. Yeah, I'm pleased to see journalists now seeming to be getting to the ordinary people. Just, yeah. just over the last week or two, getting to the ordinary people worst affected by this awful pandemic yeah. rather than just reacting to industry news releases and fronting up at their news conferences, yeah. you know? Yeah. By the way, Jack, I find it odd in those daily COVID statistics when they're announced. They usually begin with the people in hospital, then those in intensive care, and lastly, the number of people who've died. Out of respect, shouldn't it be the other way around? Road toll announcements yeah, start with how many people have been injured and are in hospital, then end up on how many people died. Do they? Oh, no. It's just yeah. That's interesting. I wonder why they do that. Is it? Do you think it's because they? It's it's a reflection of how the health system is coping at any one moment. It's a measure of the exact pressure on the health system at any one moment to say this is how many people are in hospital and this is how many yeah, people I, are in intensive care. Maybe. I but still, I agree. Wondered, yeah. <laughs> I have wondered whether uh, whether the health whether whether the health ministry yeah in putting it that way is sl- slightly trying to downplay. Uh, the the failings in the system, if you like. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, Kevin, thank you so much. A couple of very interesting points raised there, and I'm glad that you agree with me, even if no one on the text machine does.